to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. There are so many Christian women with fascinating stories, whether missionaries, musicians, reformers, authors, wives, mothers, and even just neighbors. And their stories and their influence are examples to all of us. Thank you for joining me. I'm Cheryl Broderson. I'm in studio with a friend of mine, and we're doing a part two. And my friend's name is Rose Martin. Robin Jones Gunn is not in studio with me this week. She's taking some time off, which is great. I'll be taking some time off. So Robin will be hosting some programs all by herself. But we're never alone because we have our friends in studio with us. And this is part two with my friend Rose Martin. And if you were listening, you found out that she's Mexican, that she was born to uh, her parents were migrant workers, and she didn't have your typical upbringing. Um, but by the time she was in high school, she accepted Jesus. Uh, she got married to her husband, Doug. Uh, they were very, very uh, successful uh, had a beautiful, like really large house. Her parents were living with her. Just everything was going great. Um, and then the Lord began to stir her heart for the mission field. And she had all these blockage is in the way where like, it's like, Lord, I, I can't leave. I've got this. I've got that. And one by one, the Lord began to remove all the obstacles for Rose and her husband, Doug, to uh, come on, you know, move to Europe. So, Rose, let's let's pick up there where, you know, you've had the stirrings. And now, you know, when did you and Doug begin to talk about the possibility of moving? Well, you know, after he lost that job, that really nice job, and we didn't know, like, how we were going to proceed. And unbeknownst to me, he got rid of every business suit. What? Yes, that's what I said, because they were lots of money. And I said, but what about weddings? He goes, I'm never wearing a suit again. And yeah, you will to a wedding. Anyway, um, so he started um, showing up at Calvary Chapel Vista, the cafe, and he was, you know, mopping floors, cleaning the toilets, making sandwiches. And people would joke. They'd say, oh, so you drive up in a really nice Lexus to go scrub toilets. And but um, and then eventually uh, he was hired on as their accountant and uh, doing the finances and stuff. And you were that still, was only like part time, too. That was, you know, for very little pay. You know, oh, at that well, time, yeah. time, but very little pay. You're right. oh, OK, yeah. yeah. I think but, Doug's the one who made it full time because he just wanted to hang out. <clears throat> yeah. So he ended up. um I think it was a couple of years later, he came home and he said, um, I, I was just ordained as a pastor. And I said, no way. Absolutely not. I will not be a pastor's wife. I know what all my friends go through. You know, <laughs> I was throwing a little fit. And I remember emailing you in in England and just saying what had happened. And I was just, you know, didn't want any part of that. And I remember you saying, now Rose, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, so... Anyway, I got over that. But um, yeah, and I remember uh, even before that time, before everything, I think it was before my father got in that accident and passed away. I stood in my kitchen and I remember looking out at this beautiful home with a beautiful view. Um, You know, my husband had a, a fantastic job. 
I had a great job, had two kids, Jeanette and Israel, and my parents were next door to Granny Flat. You know, what else could could you want, right? right. But I remember sit, standing there looking out and saying, is this all there is? Mm. And this was my prayer. Lord, do whatever it takes to draw me closer to you. Wow. I know. And then it was like, bam, 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 bam. You know, it's like the dominoes fell. God mm-hmm. was answering my prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So after my dad passed away, um, I, think, I think it was a year later after Doug lost his job, we, um, we sold the house and we moved to a smaller home. And my mom was with us and her Alzheimer's was getting worse. So that was a whole story in itself. But um, we continued to go to Austria to the missions conference. What was That's what it was called at the time. And uh, kept meeting people and just, you know, just loving it more and more. And I remember oh, we went to Chilibert's conference mm-hmm. and I was uh, heading up the, the Sunday school stuff. So uh, I did all the shopping for it, did the activities, took everything there. And I remember Rob Salvato because we had gone to see Rosemary at mm-hmm. um, Debrecen and uh, we took the train into Budapest. And so I hadn't seen Rob because we were all staying in the same place. And he looked at me and goes, where you guys been? And uh, I said, well, we were in Debrecen with Rosemary. And he said, um, he, I forget what he said, but it was basically something like, yeah, we're moving here. And he goes, yeah, right. And I go, no, yeah, we're moving to Hungary. And after I said that, wow, I walked off and I went, oh, my gosh, like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And I really felt like that was like a prophetic moment. Oh, absolutely. And I remember mm-hmm. just kind of go, ha, 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 and just walking <laughs> off like, where was that? And then I told Doug and he's looking at me like, oh, so we started praying about it. Mm-hmm. And then um, months later, I felt like Doug wanted to tell me something and we had gone out to eat. We we're standing, sitting outside and he's just looking around. He kind of didn't. I said, what's, what's wrong? Oh, we'd gone on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? That's what it was. And he says, I just, I said, will you just spit it out? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I did, I had no idea what he was going to say, but he said, I just really feel God's calling us on the mission field. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was kind of slouched down. And I remember just slamming my hands on the table and yelling, me too. Oh my! Goodness. And he, he jumped and he goes, really? I said, oh, and when I was in Chilliberts, actually, when I felt that, I said, Lord, I need a confirmation from Doug. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. a word to him. Mm-hmm. I, and it was a month. And when I told him that, I said, you're my confirmation. He goes, what? Mm-hmm. And when I told him about hungry, he goes, we're not supposed to keep things from each other. Like, why <laughs> didn't you tell me? I said, I couldn't. You had to be my confirmation. So uh, we were just giddy with mm-hmm. just excitement. And then we were like, wait a minute. How's all this going to happen? Mm-hmm. We have we have a Volvo. I have a 65 all original wagon. I, we have a motorcycle. We, we have, have a trailer. Mm-hmm. We have a house. We have a truck. We have a mom with Alzheimer's. And How you have you, two kids. And two kids. How do you get rid of all this mm-hmm. stuff? Not to mm-hmm. get rid of your mom or your kids, but <laughs> the stuff. Right. But God just began as we prayed. And um, and it was really awesome because Rob uh, Rod Thompson called us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Doug was telling him what was going on. And, or Doug called Rod. And Rod goes, hey, we want you here. Mm. We're like, mm-hmm. what? He goes, yeah. So this was the- Which big, is hungry. Which was hungry. Yeah, the Bible College Invita. And the confirmation was, uh, we had a little two and a half pound chihuahua, long coat chihuahua named Chiquita. And Doug goes, well, can we bring Chiquita? He goes, absolutely. We said, okay, we're coming. Mm. So 
then we started working on getting rid of stuff and kind of like the timeline. And I remember telling Brian about it. I go, what do you think about us going to Vita? And Brian goes, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I mean, it was crazy because you were probably the most stable couple and the best tithers that we had in Vista, <laughs> you know, way back when. Yeah. And that God would call yeah. um, the two of you to, you know, with both of you had these steady jobs mm-hmm. and it just didn't look like of all the people, you probably wouldn't be my most likely couple to go on the mission field. And you did. Yeah. And then um, Jeanette went with you and she was going to the Bible college. She was right? at the Bible college already. She was right. actually in Austria mm-hmm. first. And then she went with them when they moved to the, the Bible college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was so excited. Yeah. Right. So you moved there. And you know, let's just talk about a little bit about, you know, you're there. Doug... Um, is needed for his accounting skills. And, you know, he just right away joins in. But so did you. You realized you were so needed. And you was you and um, I think it was Angie started the school for the missionary kids, right? Or you took over and organized it? Well, um, yeah, it was Honest Deal. It was Cal- Calvary Chapel oh, right. Fort, okay. Fort Lauderdale. But um, my thing was, I really felt the Lord was saying, you are not going to teach when you go there because I knew they had already they had just started the school as mm-hmm. a year old, and I knew they were going to ask me to teach. And it was like the Lord says, "You're not teaching." I love teaching, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have a, such a passion for teaching. I love teaching kids, and um, it's like the Lord said, "I don't want you teaching." Yet a master's in it. So yeah, it's like yeah, master's come on. in education. Yes. I'm educated beyond my intelligence. <laughs> no, uh, but anyway. I, I just I just knew I'm there to support my husband. I'm not going to teach. And I met Honest Deal and she's like, oh, we really want to. No, I, I really feel. And then she and Kelly, I think it was a missions pastor at the time at Fort Lauderdale. He's like, oh, well, they were trying to figure out ways that they could get me in. Well, what about if you only teach English? We need somebody to teach English. And I was like. Well, I don't speak English. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I said, no, I, I I, just really believe I'm here to support my husband mm-hmm. for this time. And and then I said, and then I was always praying about it and talking to Doug about it. He said, I said, well, maybe I can just fill the gap until you get somebody else, but I'm not going to do it like mm-hmm. full time. And then so when I said that, she goes, oh, no, we have something else for you. We want you to oversee the school. We want you to be an administrator. And I said, Oh, well, but I'm going to leave. If Mm -hmm. I have to go somewhere with Doug, I'm going to go. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. Anything you want to do, anything. So it was, you know, because I was interested in, you know, meeting with the Bible college girls and discipling. If God, you know, did the one on one, I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer of doing the one on one Mm -hmm. discipleship stuff with girls. And um, so that's how that happened. So. And that's just one of the things with the school. But you started going to so many different countries yes. uh, during that time yes. and meeting the missionaries yes. and connecting. Yes. Um, because of a lot of the students, I mean, Prince yes. went to uh, Africa. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Nigeria. And you went with Prince to help get that started. Yes. Yes. It was I a mean, whole like, crew. Oh, my gosh. Just yes. amazing. amazing. And Argyle and Rachel. Right. Ethiopia. Right. Yes. And that's where you met the Havilars who were ministering in... Um, we met them at the Bible College. They right. were interns. Right. And then they moved to Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yes. So um, how many countries did you see while you were there? Um, I don't know all of your... I've been to like 45 countries, I think. Mm-hmm. So and we always like to hook up with the missionaries. Um, we went and visited Curtin 
Kinkula, not visited, but we did an outreach with them in Rodham in 2005. Which when they were in exciting. Poland. Yes, when they were in Poland. Right. Yes. And so, you know, um, that just really gave you, how did, you know, being in Europe in the mission field uh, change you and change your perspective, um, kind of even your Christian perspective? What, any Anything that you could point to and say, yeah. Well, you know, just like um, in your one episode with um, Kendall Kula, it, it is God was showing me his incredible faithfulness mm-hmm. in every step along the way. Having to leave my mom with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. as her primary caretaker was difficult because I thought, you know, if I hand her off to siblings, I know she's going to go in a home, which Mexicans don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I was I was really distraught about that, and I knew I had to go. I knew I had to go to Hungary, and I knew that God and his faithfulness would take care of my mom regardless. So um, she ended up passing away two years after, I mean, two weeks after I got to mm-hmm. Hungary. And my prayer for her was, Lord, take her in her sleep. Yeah. And he did. Mm-hmm. He took her peacefully in her sleep. And, um, you know, she was a believer. So, you know, God truly answered my prayer of do whatever it takes to draw me closer to you, right? And I think a lot of it, you know, as I was saying, uh, Bill Clem spoke at this conference here, and I love what he quoted. He says, I don't want to live my life safe, mm-hmm. right? I want I want to be, I don't know if I got this part right, comforted by him that I might dare to live a life directed by him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh and not me. So I think as believers, many of us live our lives being directed by us. Mm-hmm. We want this. We want that. And we want that. it safe. Right. We always we want, want it safe. safe. Safety we don't is wanna, like, yeah. We don't want to struggle. Mm-hmm. We don't want to really We don't want to have out. to depend on God. Right. Right. And and it's one of those things like, you know, oh, go talk to that person. Oh, but that person is dirty and they're homeless. And so who cares? Or mm-hmm. that person's a homosexual. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, go, go love on them. And if anything, God has shown us that we need to love on people regardless of culture, race, you know, hygiene, whatever. I think that's what I learned when I went to England even is the value of a soul. Yes. And I think, you know, coming from a mega church and the Vista getting so big, it's easy to look at the, just call it the multitude Mm -hmm. and forget that that multitude is all these individuals, some of them with broken hearts. Mm -hmm. As some of them with aspirations and dreams, right? And to say each one of you, and and you learn the value of each person and the soul, which I just absolutely love. Okay, so how long were you in Vita? How long did you? Okay, we were there four and a half years, mm-hmm. and then Doug and I both felt that stirring of you know, yeah. it, it, I think our time is over here, mm-hmm. and uh, so Doug talked to Phil Metzger about it, and he's like, oh. You know, so then it's like, but Doug said, I w- we will stay until you find a replacement for me. So it was so funny. Phil came over really excited one night and he goes, oh, my goodness, I got the perfect one. Arpy. Yeah. And we both looked at him. We went, Arpy is perfect. But he was a pastor in Page. So it's like, OK, so we're going to pull a pastor from. But, you know, God worked it all out. And then uh, so then I was sitting there going and Chris Warner had been asking us to come to D.C. area to be in ministry with him to have Doug be his missions pastor and his administrator. And so we're finally like, oh, my goodness, this is finally going to come to pass. You know, so Mm -hmm. we're excited. But then once again, I was like, uh, I need a job. Mm -hmm. Right. I need to be. uh, Yeah. 
working. So I remember going on the computer, on the internet, looking at all these different places, and I was starting to strive. I was like, I can't find a job. How am I going to find a job? I'm in Vita. That's DC. How am I going to do this? And I remember God just really telling me, you really don't think I can get a job for you, huh? <laughs> and I remember just slamming the laptop down, and I thought, I'm not looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Well, unbeknownst to me, my husband, Doug, had sent an, uh, my resume to Joe Verbanek, who was a softball coach for George Mason University. His boss was a principal. Wow. So he tells his wife about me, and then he said, and she sent the resume. He goes, well, I want to I talk to her. Mm-hmm. So by five people, you know, down the road. So long story short, I interviewed with her via phone, which you didn't do that. You don't mm-hmm. hire teachers by phone at that time. Uh, so she talked to me for like 20 minutes and I said very little and she says, oh, would you be opposed to being hired over the phone? I said, not if you want to hire me. <laughs> and, you know, when I was in Vita, I remember talking to one of our, our teachers and saying, you know, I don't think I'll ever have what I had in, in, in Vista, you mm-hmm. know, my, my school family, my mm-hmm. church family, you know, it's just, it just can't be replicated, you know? And, uh, my friend Ken said, oh, no, it can be better. And I looked at him. I thought, you know what? You were absolutely right. And it was true. We went there, got hired. I loved my school. My principal was fabulous. She actually, um, you know, she was a Catholic, but um, I would ask for time off to go on missions trips, and she would let me go. <laughs> so how long were you, did you um, serve, or, you know, were you in Washington? Eight DC. years. Eight, eight years. years. Okay. Yeah. So you're eight years. So now you're seeing stead, you know. Again. Right. Again, right. you've yeah. got, you're established. Right. You've got the, um, again, you've kind of built things up. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug worked only part-time at the church. He was also uh, at uh, Costco. Costco just doing Costco, great. Yeah. Every, everything Doug does is blessed by the Lord. It's yeah. just one of those Joseph things. And so you're there. Now you've got a, a house, you've got like a routine, and God begins to stir your heart again, and your daughter moves to North Carolina. Yes, and Doug had two heart attacks at this time. Oh, yes, kind of I forgot, forgot that about one. that. That's yes. Okay. Yeah. Those yeah. were major. Oh, my goodness, yeah. He Those almost, were major. We almost lost him in the one in D.C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the, the cardiologist came out, the surgeon, and he said, well, you know, we did a double bypass, and he had arrhythmia. Right. So, and he said, well, the next, you know, we have him in a drug-induced coma. The next three days will let us know whether he'll live or die. And Mm -hmm. I remember Julie and I just, and Jeanette, who was pregnant at the time, she's Mm -hmm. married and pregnant, and looking at him like, oh, okay. Um, But Mm -hmm. God was faithful and brought him through it. Mm -hmm. So now, after you went to North Carolina, because, you know, I'm thinking about our time, but I really want to talk about where you're at now. And how you got there. So you you and Doug were kind of thinking, we want to go back out on the field. Right. You had these friends who were serving in Italy, um, the Sturts that you were really close to, and you loved to help them out mm-hmm. a lot. And so you started thinking about this. So because of this stirring, what did you do and what was the result? Well, one day in D.C., I was sitting there having my devotions, and I was looking out the window, drinking my coffee, and... And uh, I just felt the Lord say, because Margie kept telling me, Margie Stewart kept saying, oh, apply for the Department of Defense so you can teach on base, military bases, they have them all over the world. And I was like, I don't know, you know, and I just really felt that morning the Lord said, hey, I want you to apply. So I was like, okay. So I started going online and I applied and I heard nothing. First, they said I wasn't qualified to teach for them, even though I'd been teaching a million Mm -hmm. years, I was 
you know, had all these certifications. And so I had to contact a university professor who wrote a letter and they're like, oh, okay, you qualify now. It was weird. Um, so I didn't hear anything for five years. And then I had retired from Car- uh, Virginia because Doug says it's just time. Let's go see what's mm-hmm. going on in Cary. So we- Cary, uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cary, North Carolina. I sub- just I substituted for two years and then I'm up in Montana with my family having lunch and my niece says, Auntie Rose, your your phone is buzzing. And I'm really? So I look at it and it's Japan. Wow. So it was a principal from Japan who wanted to interview me. And um, he called me the next day, interviewed me. He kind of couldn't offer me the job, but told me in a roundabout way that I had the job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I got hired and I, uh, we shipped off to Sasebo, Japan on a naval base. And we got involved in with the chaplain. And uh, we really felt like we wanted to go into the singles uh, ministry again, because in D.C. we had like a fellowship with amazing singles and they're all married now with children, but mm-hmm. we're still in contact with them. So the Lord blessed that greatly. But And you've you know, always had the gift of hospitality wherever you are of bringing people in and yeah. loving on them yeah. and loving them to Jesus. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, so we started, you know, just and, you know, it's the Lord was showing us too. you know, if you reach one person, if you reach one sailor here, one sailor there. They reach other people, you know, so it wasn't like we were talking earlier. It's not about numbers. It's about reaching people that can reach other people for mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. So, uh, so we were there for four and a half years, uh, which is down in the very south, the Kyushu Island in Nagasaki Prefecture. And then so last August, we felt led to move up to the Tokyo Eris and uh, we're at Camp Zama. And uh, my husband is a house husband, mm-hmm. and we tease about it. He does everything except cook. But, um, you know, he's involved with the men's fellowship. I'm involved with the women's fellowship. And at my school, we just recently started at my classroom a prayer time every morning before work. And I've invited several of the girls to go to our Tuesday night fellowship. And so when I get back and we start in August, I want to start inviting more and um See what God has. And one of the things I like um, on the basis that you've been in in Japan is you really, really support the chaplain. Yes. And that work. And that's the call that the Lord has shown you. So there has to be kind of this sensitivity to, Lord, we're here. Where do you want? And, you know, Rose, I just have to say that I love this about you, that every church you've ever gone to, you didn't go as a spectator. You were always investing in the ministry, whether it was Calvary Costa Mesa, whether it was Calvary Vista, uh, Calvary Encinitas, um, you know, uh, Vita, Virginia, every, you know, place that you go, you and Doug are part of, you know, this is not your church, the chaplain church, as as far as, you know, it's not a Calvary or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody where you're um, related to some. This is just a church that you are supporting, um, you know, and coming alongside the pastor, affirming, having people over. I just love that. So, you know, um, I know you're here in the States right now. When are you going back to Japan? Um, I'm flying at August 10th. Mm-hmm. And right, August 11th. Now, what are you doing as far as your, you know, your career, your teaching? What's that look like? Well, you know, I'm going to be 68 in July. My husband, Doug, is going to be 80. And he just looked at me probably six months ago and said, um, I think it's kind of time to retire because I wanted to work till I was 70. Mm-hmm. And he thinks I'm nuts. So 
I deferred to him, and I, I know it's time. So I'm mm-hmm. going to retire. This will be my last year. And once again, we'll probably spend part-time in Montana, part-time in Cary, North Carolina. And I want to sub in Carolina so that I can save my money to do missions. We want to do missions. So continue to support missionaries in every, any way that we can and mm-hmm. continue to do that till we can't walk anymore, I guess. You know, I love that so much. And, and then also, too, um, I love the fact that um, you just are a light wherever you go to. You know, on the base, you're a light for Jesus, and you've got this chance to influence not only children but teachers and others, um, soldiers, and mm-hmm. anyone you meet for Jesus. And you're doing it in Japan. I mean, that's pretty brave. That's that's pretty absolutely amazing, especially if you think of Doug moving to Japan in his 70s going, okay. Yeah. I'm willing, Lord, to yeah. to go wherever you send me. Yeah, and I, uh, when we were, you know, Doug and I look at each other often, and we say, "Can you? Would you have believed, like, when we got married here at Costa Mesa, yeah, that God would use us and send us, and the things that we have done? Would you ever have imagined it?" And we both are like, "No, I thought I would live and die in Orange County." Seriously. You know, on that note, we're going to end this episode. But Rose, thank you so much for being my guest. And you know what? If you say yes to Jesus, you never know where he's going to take you. So I encourage you, make your life an adventure for Jesus. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not-so-well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at W wk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.